see, I, I think I'm offering the insightful commentary and the humor. So what am I here for? The color? They've been through all day, but so it's fun. They have each other's bags, and today is finally done. In a world setting in a Georgia town. On a show about libraries and visual sound. In the stacks of libraries, where it always starts. The stacks so much more than either of them thought. It's Thursday for mayhem, it's Thursday for fun. In the stacks with Barry and Latoya, it's second to none. Hey. Hello. What you up to? In the state of So welcome to another great episode <laughs> of In the Stacks with Barry and Latoya. I'm just exhausted today. Oh yay, great. T'Challa, great. Um, I'm really just falling asleep on myself today. I'm just that tired. But but I am here. Hmm. So let's start with So your... what are you so tired for? I mean, were you up late? Did no, you? I was not. Well, yes, I was. I think that did I was. Finally, did you finally you know, buckle down and read that second half of the Bigfoot and then you couldn't sleep after, right? No. What happened is, so I didn't. I will be reading it probably this weekend because Kay comes home tomorrow. And you know how we had talked about, oh, getting him to read some of it. So it'd be a good way to remind me that I need to have him read the preface. Um, so no, I've just, this week has been really weird and I've, I didn't go to sleep today until about 4.30 this morning um, because for whatever reason, after I'd watched this um, five, six-part series, um, I felt like I needed to watch more TV last night and then watched a severe documentary. So anyway, it yeah. So I, I did sleep in a little bit later than usual and I got up at 10.30. But this week has been really weird with my sleep pattern so i've gotten between six and a half and seven hours all week yeah no i mean like each night sorry oh, okay <laughs> yeah, damn okay and that's not enough for me because i mean yeah it just isn't enough so yeah wow well i bought a house yesterday congratulations yeah so if it, it, it managed to go through but you know i tell you there was a there was a little hiccup along the way of course mm-hmm. uh, and first of all i have to say I have to give you props, right? So anybody out there listening, I want to I want to explain to you why my best friend is better than your best friend. <laughs> All right. So although I, we will preface this by saying this is probably not legal, but go ahead. <laughs> On Friday, they sent me an email and they said, "Print this out, sign it, send it back." Well, I don't have a printer, right? So first thing I thought of is you, right? And um, so I just text you, right? And mm-hmm. I say, "I need you to print something out." sign my name to it and send it back. And you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. Didn't ask what was going on. Didn't ask why. <laughs> that was awesome. You know? Um, and luckily you had my signature left over from our, our old library. Day. Yes. Yes. So yeah, I just had to do some magic. Sorry. I'm stuffing my face with cantaloupe right now. Cause I haven't eaten anything today. Um, but yeah, I have, it's funny how many people's signatures I have. And I mean, that's really, I mean, I suppose dangerous. <laughs> could get in a lot of trouble if I was so inclined but I'm not but yeah I was like I I was when you'd sent me the request I actually thought it originally maybe had something to do with like your um, life insurance type stuff or whatever but either way I was just like whatever I'll take care of it so I knew that I had your signature saved somewhere on my computer because I have an old archive file with all of my uh, Twin Lakes files that I used to have all kind of chucked there right 
And then I was like, oh, I need to go ahead and make the signature transparent, blah, 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 blah. And then, yeah. So, I mean, it took me about 15 minutes because there's a couple processes you have to go through. But I just thought it was hilarious when you're like, oh, I need you to print it out, sign it. Then, you know, I was like, that's like all like 1990 something. Who do, who prints stuff out to sign it? So, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, all of that happened just on the computer. I but how were you able to manipulate on it? Because it was a PDF. I couldn't get it to let me do anything. So, all right. So what I use is a program. It's free for people to use uh, called HelloSign. Um, all you're basically doing is you're importing the PDF. And then what you would have already done is to add your signature to the account. So like in your case, I it was already a, a digital copy. I made it transparent so that all the white came out of it. And right. so once you've uploaded it to HelloSign, you just apply the signature. So it's just literally a drag and drop onto the page. And then when it sends you, so you have the option of emailing that file or downloading it. And it basically recompresses the, um, or rebuilds the PDF with that. Any new elements applied to it. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> you're like yeah in the future you'll just still have to do that because i'm not going to do it myself <laughs> yeah. well it, it made me think you know i could have just texted you and said look i'm on my way something's in my trunk i need you to <laughs> get a large hole in the backyard we're gonna mm -hmm. concrete okay. right we're gonna have a new patio <laughs> right right and, and i would have been, been like, like okay. okay yeah <laughs> um, that sounds yeah <laughs> But yeah, last Friday they sent me a um, a thing saying, you know, this is what we expect your closing costs. We're in line with what they had told me all along. And then Saturday morning I got up and I see that they've sent me a revised thing. And I'm like, okay, open it up. And it's like $7,000 higher than it was on Friday. <laughs> and um, so, of course, it's Saturday. So nobody's at the bank. And um, so I'm like losing my mind. Right. right. You know, we can't afford this. We're not going to happen. I told uh, T'Challa, you know, I said, uh, I said, yeah, I'm not going to get the house. Um, <laughs> and then, so then on Monday at 9 a.m., right, I'm already on the phone, right, calling the field bank. I said, yeah, what, what's happened? Right. And they're like, well, you know, you shouldn't have been charged anything, but da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And they're like, you know, they had to add in, like, the lawyer's fees and stuff like that. And I said, but that shouldn't have been $7,000. Right, right. Friday and the Saturday. And and there's some things that are on the Friday that aren't on the Saturday and vice versa. And I just can't make any, I don't understand it. And um, so the lady at the bank said she was going to go through it line by line, right? And she was going to call the underwriter and all this kind of stuff. And come to find out that there was a debt that the seller had. Uh, it wasn't even related to the house, but somehow it had shown up on, uh, you know, on the credit check. And for some, somehow it ended up accidentally being put on my uh, fees. Or your side of these. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What did you say to Charles? How does is applied to? I don't know. And then, you know, the lady at the bank said she didn't know I wouldn't either. trust them. That seems like kind of a little bit of It was really an administrative error because when they're putting in the information on um, on that form, I'm, I'm, again, I'm so tired. I know what form it is because I used to do real estate. Um, it could be that the attorney, um, the, the clerk in the attorney's office applied it to the wrong side. So, I mean, it is possible, but yeah, that's insane. <laughs> Seriously screwed up some stuff if it wasn't. Well, yeah, because I mean, I could have just said, you know, no, I'm not going to do it. And the whole deal would have fallen through. Or, 
or even worse, I, I could have just said, all right, fine. I'll just go and pay it and then paid, you know, some other dude's thing. Right. Yeah. That wouldn't have been cool. I mean, they probably would have caught it at some point, but I mean, it's good that you were at least super diligent about it and vigilant well, about I, making I sure. You... Be super diligent. Like, <laughs> that number is a lot bigger than this other number. Right. Right. I mean, $7,000. I know you you're talking about. Jump forward there. Yeah. I know we're talking about a lot of money anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was that was not gonna happen. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, the house is now mine. So. so, how does it feel to be a homeowner again? Uh, it feels good. I mean, I'm glad that the process is up. Mm -hmm. you know, um, um, you know, she's listed on the house with me. Uh, this was her first. Oh, experience. mine too. <laughs> um, it was her first experience with buying a house. And oh wow, because yeah. what your dad had did the others the, where y'all yeah, used they were to always in somebody else's name. Oh, okay. And, um, and so she had asked me, she said, so is it always this, this frustrating? And, um, I said, well, yeah, actually, mm -hmm. I, you know, this is the third house I've bought. And at the end of the experience, there was someone I was very annoyed with. <laughs> and I said, but you know, it, I don't think there's anybody trying to screw us over. I said, it's just a cumbersome process. Yeah. Um, for some reason I, you know, even though it's different this time, I don't think it's really streamlined much from what it was 15 years ago or what it was 20 something years ago when I bought my first app. True. Yeah. Uh, it's still a, a bit of a mess. Uh, some things I was able to do online this time. And like the last time I bought a house, last two times, they, they had to have a cashier's check at the closing. But this time they're like, nope, you got to wire it. Right. Um, yeah. When I bought this, when we bought this house, it was a wire. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But yeah, it's all done, thankfully. Awesome. That is so cool. And speaking of other things that are awesome, you know, I talked about how, what a great friend you are. Um, I, I see how you're going to talk about how great you are. Yes, yes. I am also a great friend. Okay. Uh, so three days ago, T'Challa, was the national day, oh, right? Okay. All right. So I posted, I posted about my best friend on Facebook, right? And it was actually, I think, a very, very sweet thing. I was proud of it, right? Okay wrote this thing and, you know, dedicated to my best friend who is of course. Latoya. Yeah. Latoya. And, um, found a, you know, the picture of us from when we were together recently and uh, posted that. And so I'm going to read it. <laughs> All right. So it says, uh, June 8th is national best friends day. I'm proud to say that Latoya Davidson Perez, Nicole Moesha. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> is my BFF. We've slayed dragons together escaped burning castles with our dignity intact, and shared far too many tasteless jokes while our enemies looked on with jealousy. <laughs> I'm glad you're my bestie. So, yeah, nice. Yeah. So I posted this, right? <clears throat> and uh, Somebody got very offended because they thought you were happy no, every time. No, no, it wasn't that. But I posted it, and I was like, oh, well, a toy when she sees it, right? And I tagged her in it, right? Which means she gets a notice that I posted something using her name. So an hour went by. Two hours, three hours, four hours, five hours, seven hours. And um, <laughs> finally, right, I sent her a message, right? And I'm like, why, when are you going to go on Facebook, right? And she's like, she's busy. Which right? I, I was. Yeah. And I said, you need to go onto fucking Facebook right now and tell me how sweet I am, right? And so I call her and then she comes up with all these excuses, right? She's busy. Her computer's too. She's only got one, you know, Apple you know, MacBook running, you know, <laughs> at the moment, you know, she's got so many terabytes tied up, mm -hmm. 45 windows that are open at the moment. <laughs> um, and so she tells me, she says, I have to get off the phone with you. 
so that she can use her phone to go look because apparently she can't use her phone to talk and also surf at the same time. Anyway. Whatever. <laughs> so I get off the phone with her, right? She says she's going to go look. Mm-hmm. Passes. <laughs> Two hours, right? Really? Yeah. <laughs> so finally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I see she's on because I'm in Facebook Messenger and I see the little green dot appear next to her name, right? And what uh, it was. No, but if when people come on, you just see the little dot next. Anyway, and so she went in there. Yeah. And she posted, the, you know, it literally made her cry. See, wasn't it worth all the, the you know, the waiting? After appreciating one time. <laughs> Three months later. Right, right. Essentially, yes. But I did think it was funny. You know, we had 64 um, emoticon responses. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, Marlena, she used to be, um, was Hampton? What was the name of the dude who always came around and he would write local history books and he had glasses and he was kind of a pain? Oh, the- gosh. Harrington. All right. So Marlene Harrington. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she responded because I worked with her at the college library. She was like, you know, that's cool. And uh, and then Lisa today mm-hmm. um, and said that, you know, she's glad that we've had each other through the year. So we always you and I get into this whole fit about Facebook. You know I'm very, very rarely on Facebook. Like, even if it shows me as active, it's just because I think I have that setting where it has, you know, like, the presence is always there. But more often than not, I'm not on there. I mean, I'm logged into it. So, yes, the day you sent it was the day for whatever reason my computer was running extremely slow, despite, regardless of whatever I did to it, um, to free up RAM, it was still running slow. So... Mm And then on top of that, for whatever reason, which does happen, Facebook starts to slow itself down. So, so yeah, by the time I got around to it, it wasn't that I'd forgotten. It was that every time I tried to, it was taking forever to load. And so, and as far as me getting off the phone with you to do it, it was just because I was doing work and then on the phone and it's like, okay, and you want me to, to you know, more than multitask as far as, it was just too much. I couldn't, like, I couldn't do all of it at one time. I had asked her to do something so complicated. It was complicated. And because I also didn't really want to do it on my phone because I'm like, you know, I hate responding to anything um, that's going to be more than like a couple words on my phone since I'm on the computer all day long. And, you know, I type a lot faster on a keyboard than on my, on my phone. So anyway, it was very much appreciated even though I'm never on Facebook. So well, when I was writing it, I was like, Oh, she'll know about those dragons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, she'll know what burning castle we got our asses out of. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. so yes, it was greatly appreciated. My writing skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, that was very, very eloquent. I liked it. All right. Well, I guess we're going to wrap up this show. Um, oh, that's it. Now that we've talked about how wonderful you are as a best friend and how you really needed me to to acknowledge that and what? We talked about how wonderful a friend were you were too. Yeah, but I mean, okay, you know, if you want to end the show early, I'm all I'm fine with it. I can go take a nap. <laughs> I, I grew up watching Super Friends, mm-hmm. talking about friendship. And, um, you know, there is a comic book based on the cartoon. Mm-hmm original stories and stuff and so i bought a collection of the first half of the series and uh the second uh, half comes out later this year and uh i've been reading those and they've been a lot of great fun um the some of the the artwork is really nice and they're very simple stories but 
Um, I've been like statting up some of the villains for like this role playing game thing that I do. Mm-hmm. And um, some of the villains are just so stupid. I love it. There's one called the <laughs> Flying Fish. The um, Flying Fish. The what? He's the human flying fish. He has the powers of a flying fish. So basically, you like to kind of so jump. Yeah. Water at high speed, yeah. Distance. That's exactly what his powers are. And he that gets, would be pertinent when <laughs> he fights Aquaman. Oh, okay. So I statted him up, and he and he's hilarious. And then today I did this guy named um, uh, Skyrocket, right? Skyrocket, who has like um, sparkler powers. He can like shoot fireworks out of okay, his fingers. Stop. <laughs> wait, wait a minute! Wait a minute! No! 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 This is important. This is another friendship moment. Uh, so, um, in when you're doing the, the write-ups for this these characters in this icons game, there's a section called qualities, right, where you can have quotes or something that really defines them as a character, right? Mm-hmm. And so I had two quotes from him, and then my last one, I just stuck in there to see if anybody would notice. Nobody has commented on it, but I think that's just because I'm the only one old enough to remember. So uh, his third quality is sky rockets in flight. Oh, <laughs> afternoon delight. <laughs> There's this old song called Afternoon Delight that's about like getting it on in the afternoons. Oh. <laughs> was was that a was that, remember we did kind of like was that the me and you song or, or was that the you yes. and Kel song? No, that was me look, and you. Look, you're very you're very strange. <laughs> that's not bad, but it's good. But yeah, I, I was like, yeah, I remember that, of course. Well, in the second I saw him in the comic book, Skyrocket, I was, I, I, I heard the line in my head. It's in flight. Yeah. Afternoon flight. So, I put that so true. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. So, yes, that was our song. Yours and Kel's was making love out of nothing at all. That's right. That's yeah. right. It was. And, and you, for years, you refused to admit it that your song was solid, you know, by, uh, mm-hmm. what's their name? Ashford and something. Yeah. Um. I know what you're talking about. Yes, no, that is not my song. My song was at the time oh, black and white. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and then, we didn't y'all sing it. Y'all sing <laughs> solid. At the, uh, library. We didn't sing solid. We did. No, we, we did didn't. Songs. You did that one. Nope, not that one. You get your your um you your black musicians confused. We didn't do that one. You did. I swear I, you did. You. That's you did what you that thought. One. You did several songs, and that was one of them. Nope. We recorded I, it. I would, yeah, if you could find that recording, I'm sure you will listen back and see that that was not one of the songs. If I find it on YouTube, you, you're going to owe me. Okay. All right. Because I posted that on YouTube, and that was one of the songs you did. It was solid. It was not solid, but. What? Okay. You guys did it specifically because I, I kept teasing you about it. Yeah. But if that exists, all right, whatever. But that is cool, though. I did, I did like the afternoon delight connection. Yeah. But um, I think that T'Challa was going to note how absolutely ridiculous someone shooting fireworks out of their fingers or whatever is. How is that a power or a... <laughs> how does well, that... You know, he, he, he distracts... the powers of a firework. Yes, um... exactly. Yeah, he, but he distracts people with it and, like, blinds them and stuff. And... Um... But there's other look. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Okay. Can fireworks? Yes. Theory. Could he blow a sizable portion up and light up a fire like a firework? He could definitely light a field on fire. I don't know if he could like blow up a building. No, he couldn't do that. But I mean, he could knock out a wall. Maybe. Yeah. Firework explosion. It is. It is. 
Well, there's this other villain in there named Greenback who um, carries that might be. That's true. Well, Greenback, he carries around a gun that's shaped like a dollar sign. I was about to say, because I was like, Greenback, so I'm thinking money, because what else right. is there to, okay? But okay, have fun. But out of his dollar sign gun, he shoots money, quarters and stuff, right? And he says, you know, well, you might not think that this is much of a weapon, but, you know, when you have one shot with this much velocity, it can hurt you, right? Which is probably true. But the right. I'm thinking, this guy's a thief who literally loses money. <laughs> he uses his gun oh my gosh yeah that is that is hilarious that's what i'm thinking so i'm definitely gonna write this bastard um oh my god like all these loser villains and they're so wonderful um every one of them is just insanely crazy uh, well because oh, it's so well i mean yeah insanely crazy just even on the premise alone you know like yeah. the names and stuff and how on the nose they are and how you're like what the hell were they thinking yeah. you know but that well, in the yeah. flying fish, he had a sidekick. Oh, jeez. What the, the human flying fish's sidekick was named? Oh, my gosh. I, I, I don't know. I'm not even going to guess, but. Sardine. Sardine. <laughs> I agree with T'Challa. <laughs> so, no, these comics are wonderful. Oh, my God. I, ha I have shut, a real. Shut. Latoya, do you have a different? Yes, I think we've we've finished. We've exhausted his topics. Yeah, you're not allowed to talk about Super Friends anymore uh, for this for this session of the show. So I already, I guess, alluded to it earlier, or just mentioned it earlier. I'm just tired. I feel like I've been very much overworked. So for some people, the COVID pandemic has lessened their load but for me it hasn't most of so one of my clients the stuff that they needed did go down but for others it ramped up and so I'm having I'm struggling with being able to still set ground rules and expectations or maintaining them for that matter um, because I have client work that my policy is generally like there is a if you submit something to me today you're supposed to get it in like two or three working days well a lot of my clients recently have been needing you know quote-unquote emergency type stuff and so I've been finding that I'm in the office longer I'm doing a lot more brain intensive work than I'm generally accustomed to <laughs> um but yeah i'm just i'm just really tired so to counter that i've you know of course been able to spend time recently with family and last weekend i was with uh, i had dinner at my parents house and the last two times i've done so my dad and i have started back our old um habit or one of our family games was playing nintendo wii um we play uh what is it wii sports uh -huh. And we specifically play the golf one, the, the golf game. And what was hilarious when we did a couple weeks back for the first time in years was I was like, oh, my God, this is like me looking at a Nintendo, like original Nintendo game in the 90s, like looking back at it in the late 90s and early 2000s was like me looking at the Wii now because the graphics on it were so horrible like i mean it 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 felt almost like minecraft bad like i know that people love minecraft but you have to admit that the graphics are suck so uh, um like look <laughs> are not good by okay they're not bad do not insult do not <laughs> <laughs> okay so yeah, i i will not bring that back up 
Um, but I, I will say that despite the, the how hilarious the uh, graphics were, um, it's still really a lot of fun to play. So, I mean, I was more reminded of the feeling of playing the game with my dad, because we used to do it as like a group of us, uh, my brother and his ex-wife at the time and stuff, we would all play um, when we'd go over there for dinner. And so now it just, you know, it's kind of cool that it's become a daddy-daughter thing. So, um, so yeah, that, that has helped now that I'm starting to do stuff with family again. So outside of that, though, I mean, nothing else is going on, just a lot of work and I guess a lot of, TV, and yeah. I, I really need to stop doing so. so I know. How, how many hours of TV did you watch this past week? Uh, over 40. Um, so. Full time job. It, it is. And I was telling that to one of my clients earlier this week. I said, you know, here's the sad part. I'm in the office for at least eight hours, which, you know, again, being self-employed, that's not what you strive to do. You're trying to find ways and systems to make it more efficient so that you don't have to literally be tethered to the desk all the time. Well, part of the issue is that I essentially, outside of my mother who works with me um, on one project, it's just me doing all of the work. So even if it's um, not a lot, it, I tend to have a slower work pace because I'm more concerned with attention to detail than getting it done. Um, so I will spend over eight hours in the office and then I will then turn around and spend another eight plus hours watching TV. So. Yeah, I mean, it's like having a like a ridiculously and crazy full-time job because even though the TV watching for me is not, doesn't feel like a job, it's starting to um, because even if like, for instance, if I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to bed early or I'm only going to watch one episode of something, my, I don't know, psychologically, I rebel and I still stay up late. So even if I say, even if I turn off the TV early, I still don't typically go to sleep until after midnight or one o'clock. Yeah. So I don't know. But this week has been a lot of television. I finished up Thomas and Sarah. I also watched a series called um, The Moonstone. Is that I, I believe probably because I know they've had different versions of it throughout the years. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was okay. Like it's the most recent version of, of the, um, of it, but. I thought it was okay. Um, and I mean, again, anything British I'm going to watch. So <laughs> uh, I watched the series Dickensian, uh, which actually was really good. So generally speaking, I'm not a huge Dickens fan. Like reading Dickens, and I mean, for one, it's a darker period, you know, and it the tones of his, the writing makes me like want to slip my wrist. But I recently reread Great Expectations and it, it held up pretty well. I, I still enjoy it. I, I'm just, I, I'm not saying it, it doesn't hold up. I'm just saying I, it's like, I just don't enjoy it. <laughs> like, yes. So, but so in Dickensian, which was really good, and I would certainly recommend it to you. It is basically all the, the major characters of um, Dickens books. So like Scrooge and stuff like that, all, they all live in the same town and interact with each other oh that's interesting very interesting so i mean the is acting is phenomenal box? huh is that a brit box or um i was watching it on amazon because it's almost like netflix doesn't exist to me um it was on amazon but i don't remember if it was on prime or via one of my um you know 
add-on channels like Acorn or something. Um, mm. Let me double check. So it's um, yeah, it's on Prime. Okay. You can watch it on Prime. So, so yeah, I found it very, very like I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I was so pissed off that it would it only lasted a season. So you'll see somewhere that it says it was twenty episodes, but when they put it onto Amazon Prime, they condensed it down to ten because some of the earlier episodes, apparently when they originally ran, we were like a thirty minute show, and then the others were longer. Anyway, definitely worth watching. Um and then of course I remember you telling me about the ABC murders and I was finally in a mood to watch them. What'd you think? I actually really enjoyed it. I didn't think I would. Um, just, only because every, every time I recommend a series to you, you always say, I didn't, I didn't think I would like it. Whatever. So, <laughs> well, here's the, here's the thing. I told my mom, cause I, she enjoys that kind of stuff too. And she's always, she loves Poirot. She's watched all of the original, like Poirot, um, series stuff. Um, and I told her, I said, here's the thing. John Malkovich to me is like Aerosmith. I kind of have to take him in doses. Like, you know, I can't just watch a lot of him all the time. And I have to be in a specific mood to watch him. Comparing that to um, Orient, um, Murder on the Orient Express. So that's what mom and I, mom and I talked about because she had seen both. Or she says she believes she's seen the ABC murder. Anyway, I said, what's interesting is that, um, what is it, Kenneth Brownell? I liked him as Poirot minus the crazy ass mustache. I said he did a good job of it, but huh? I thought, I thought you meant that there was a mustache on him. No. Not, not- <laughs> no. no. He, as far as we know, he doesn't have a hairy ass. We didn't. We didn't get to find that out. Right. No, we didn't get. <laughs> so I enjoyed that his um his his portrayal of Poirot, and I was actually I actually really did enjoy. Um, John Malkovich, he is certainly, they're, they're very two different versions of the same character. And they're different points in his life. Right. So the thing was, is that, and I was going to ask you about it, like how true to Agatha Christie stuff it was, because, you know, in Murder on the Orient Express, Poirot is a little bit lighter. He's yeah. not as dark as, as Poirot is in, in uh, the ABC movies. Of course, he's he's already like I guess he's already technically retired or he's past his prime at this point so much so that he has to you know he starts to dye his his beard and mustache and all that kind of stuff but um was his origin story as far as his his job in Belgium was that really his job yeah yeah oh Uh, wow okay it was and you know uh, with with Perot, and, and I really don't care for any of uh, Agatha Christie's other characters. I can't stand Miss Marvel or any of that. <laughs> um, but Perot, you know, she wrote she wrote a lot of stories about him. Um, I've got that collection now. You know, it's like fifty eight short stories, mm-hmm. and then she wrote a bunch of novels. And so she really wrote about him from his beginnings as a detective all the way up to you know his last case. Um, so you, if you read them in, I was reading them in the order that she published them, but you could also read them in just the chronology. Right. And, um, and yeah, you get to see him, you know, become incredibly successful and he's arrogant and, you know, and then you get to see him later on when he's an old man and and maybe he's, you know, he's, he's kind of realizing maybe I was a dick sometimes, (laughs) you know, I wish I could go back and do some of these things over and things like that. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, it was very much um, both of those versions I felt were very true to the stories. 
Um, well, I mean, so how much time difference is there between Orient and basically the ABC murders? Because I mean, obviously Kenneth is is older as well, so he what the character was still older, but how much like is it a couple of decades between or yeah um it because is, here yeah. i i told my mom the thing that i what made me curious and thank you for confirming that his because i don't want to like ruin it for anybody if they don't know um i was like if in fact his first his original job was what it was then it makes me want to doubt Kenneth's um portrayal of him because i'm like that kind of deep-seated stuff go you don't just shake that off you know and it was clearly affecting um john malkovich uh, and his portrayal and so that's why i was like well yeah the orient express he seemed lighter to me and you know years in between them 20 yeah um orient express is set in 1934 okay murders is set in 1954 um the interesting thing though is that uh, ABC Murders was actually written first. It was written in 1933, and um, Murder on the Orient Express was written in 1936, so it's set in 19- Okay. But, I mean, long story short, um, I did really, really enjoy it. I was, and I thought it was interesting to see um, what Rupert Grint, of course, like you said, played Ron Weasley on yeah. He um he he looks very different now. <laughs> it, it wasn't until the last episode something surprising happened, and he makes like that surprised Ron face, <laughs> and that's when you realized it was him. That's what it caused it. I said, "What the <laughs> Ron Weasley?" There's something in the expression, the way he, his mouth opened in an O. Yeah, got wide. I was like, "That is Ron Weasley." And then I went and looked, and I was like, "God." Damn, that's Weasley. <laughs> we'll see so. him and the guy who played Malfoy, Tom Watson, whatever his name is. I'm yeah. like, they they were cute younger, and then they just got weird looking. Yeah. It's almost like the um, Macaulay Culkin effect. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, you were just adorable, and then you actually hit puberty, and everything changed. Yeah. So anyway, it was a great job acting. He did. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I didn't have any issue with him and I did really enjoy it. Um, and so from that conversation, I was talking, I was telling mom, cause she had said, you know, again, she watched the original series. So Poirot to her is that singular person, that character or the person who played him. Yeah. And so she was like, you know, she found it difficult that, you know, Poirot dies and stuff. And I said, and, you know, I mean, she's like, of course, you, you expect it because he's supposed to be human. I said, yeah, he's not like James Bond. You don't continue to, like, have that character that age or whatever for 50, 60 years. Right. Um, and so I do, I, I like that with, that with his character, there is some sense of finality. Like, you know, he lived a human life, not, he might have done superhuman type things with his intellect. But that, in the end, he was just so. Yeah, and there's some of that with the Sherlock Holmes stuff, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, Holmes and Watson, at the end, are obviously much older characters. They're, they're, they're not capable of doing some of the same things they did early on. And see, I don't know anything of older Watson. and I, I, Yeah, I, because I didn't read any of it. And all of the things I've seen in terms of portrayals, they've been younger. Or at least the recent portrayals of, yeah. um, of them have been younger. Yeah. So... So I mean, like, so with Sherlock Holmes and all of that, is there does 
do they die ultimately? Um, I don't think they ever tell us specifically what happens with Watson. Um, we do know that, you know, Holmes retired and became a beekeeper uh, in the uh, English countryside. Okay. And there's a, there's a bunch of stuff that was written after Doyle died, you know, where sometimes, you know, Holmes comes out of retirement from keeping, or there's this whole series where he meets a younger woman and they get married and she solves mysteries with his help. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, there's a bunch of those kind of things. And a matter of fact, a couple of years ago, I haven't seen it, but there was an Ian McClellan movie called, I think it was called The Detective. Yeah. Yeah. He plays Sherlock Holmes in retirement oh that's oh wait a second yeah because i remember seeing it it's i don't think it was that long ago actually because i i had planned on watching it is it the one that he's in with helen Merrim, or was it another one i just remember seeing him as home um i don't well i don't know if it's that's not the that's not the title yeah i may have screwed up the title because yeah i i remember seeing the trailers for um for the movie but i just didn't realize one home Huh? It's called Mr. Home, and it's from 2015. Hmm. I don't, okay. Okay, but, no, that wasn't the one I was thinking about. Okay. Yeah. It says, I was think- and near the end of his life, Sherlock Holmes grapples with an unreliable memory and must rely on his housekeeper um, to solve one last case. So I see that it was starring him and Laura Linney. Yeah, I didn't even know that movie existed. I was thinking about, um, it's called Read Between the Lies. I guess. Um, it, well, no, sorry. That was just a tagline. The good liar. So, okay. but how oh, Mr. Holmes, I wonder if it's um, any good, really. I mean, um, I, th- I see it's a 6.9 on IMDb, 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It, you know, it, was, it had a budget of 10 million and made 30. Oh, well, I mean, you know. But I've never seen it. Um, but I, I mean, I do like Sherlock Holmes and I like Ian McClellan. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's a cheap uh, movie. Yeah, that is a, that's like a $50 budget. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so after I got finished with that stuff, I was thinking, oh, well, let me, because just so you know, in the guide, I usually list them in the order that I watch them. So after, you know, having my palate cleansed a little with ABC Murders, I was like, okay, I'm going to double down on that and watched a series on um amazon called ted bundy falling for a killer because i remember you'd mentioned the the, um waco one which is still on my list i was like i'm just i actually thought about whether or not i wanted to watch that at that moment i was like no no i'm kind of in the mood for bundy so (laughs) so Mm -hmm. i stayed up um late of course I think this was probably on Monday and watched the five one hour episodes about it. And what was interesting is that I actually learned stuff I didn't even know before. Because yeah. I mean, you know, something like with Tun- with Bundy or Dahmer or any of those, a lot of times you think you know everything. Well, this particular one actually, you know, in most of the um, documentaries about Ted Bundy, they refer to his longtime girlfriend. Well, this particular one, it's her like singular interview. Like, so it's her. A lot of it is um, with her. They interview her and her daughter is in it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm like, yeah, I got to find out stuff that, you know, again, yeah, you just didn't really know. And even though some of it, I mean, again, if you know the story, you know the story. But it was it was it it was presented in a way that was just really um really interesting so if you're in that mood barry um it is a, it is a really good one to check out yeah i've seen it 
Oh, you did? Mm -hmm. Okay, I thought, because I've seen a ton other <laughs> Ted Bundy ones, but yeah, I did really enjoy getting into the detail of that. Um, yeah, it was a different perspective. On very it. much so. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of it, the whole, you know, when people were like, how did you not know? And it's like, you know, it's kind of like they walk you through, well, this is how you just don't know, you know, um, because of the way he acted. And, and, you know, they talked about, of course, the introduction of the interstate system and how he obviously used it to, you know, to go about what he was doing. And I think for me, I had not realized just how many people he had killed. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm sure I would think that had, you know, they, they stayed his execution and he spilled the beans, I wouldn't be surprised if there were more. So, yeah. um, but it just, it was so weird because it was like, you know, he'd go, he'd kill someone. And then a couple of days later, he'd go over to his girlfriend's house with, his, with her daughter and they would be one big happy family kind of thing. And it just, it was just insane to me. Yeah. Crazy. How many times he got out of jail? How many times he escaped? Yep. <laughs> crazy. It's like stuff that happens in movies that you think, well, nobody could possibly escape. Right. Prison. And sure enough yeah that is what happened and and just seeing how people had already started to make connections for but they were dismissing it and like with his longtime girlfriend how she had called the police multiple times and they're yeah. like yeah we looked into him it's not him or you know what and i'm like oh my god <laughs> you know i mean it's like that that rampage could have ended so much sooner oh, yeah. um but again i find that kind of psychological stuff interesting um, I can't do too much of it because it is kind of like going down a rabbit hole. So um, I did, <laughs> once I finished that, I watched an episode of Death in Paradise. Um, it's, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm only going to watch season. I'm going to finish it. I think see, I think I have one more episode or something. I yeah. haven't really enjoyed it as much as I'd hoped to. Because if you're into, they usually suggested if you're into kind of like Doc Martin, that kind of stuff. The acting though on this one isn't me very strong. It, I don't know. I I am not as instead as I thought I would. Um, so last night, I, as I mentioned earlier, watched a six-episode series called Manor House. And so it's, it was like a reality show, in a sense. Um, the, all of them, like, so volunteers um, go to this, this manor house, and they're basically living as they would in the Edwardian period. So each one of them played, like, one, one was the uh, scullery maid one was the housekeeper the butler and they had to actually do that role and it was very interesting it was just enlightening to see how things functioned back then um yeah. and to see because i mean like the stuff that the scullery maid had to do i didn't realize how much that person had to do there's a hall boy who literally sleeps in the hall and he's basically the servant's bitch, you know? And I mean, I, again, I love that kind of historical stuff. So I, um, I was all over it. So, but once I finished all six hours of that, I was like, okay, I feel for some sports. And I decided to watch, uh, oh, in between all of that, or earlier in the week, I watched Shirley Valentine, which was a 1980-something movie, which I actually thoroughly enjoyed. Um, but I watched 85, The Greatest Team in Football History, um, which is a doc yeah. documentary on the 85 Bears, or Chicago I Bears. I definitely think that that's the greatest defense. I yes, was, yeah. Uh, Jim McMahon was not a good quack. I mean, he was an okay game manager. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's the only thing that, that might make me think of some other teams being better. I will say that they, they were so dominant um, 
they were they're incredible. That forty six defense that first year in eighty five. I mean, nobody knew what to do. Well, yeah, and they were saying too, and I mean, I think different people. Obviously, if you weren't fully like, oh yeah, they're the greatest team ever. For people who were like, I think they interviewed some some other people from um, like the New York Giants and stuff, and one of them had said, you know, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say the greatest team, but exactly what you said, Barry, where it's like, okay, I will say that defend that defensive team, yes, hands down, is the greatest, yeah. and. Had they not, so the defensive coach retired at the end of that season. Um, they were saying that if he if he had not retired, that kind of stuff, had the team stayed together, um, they were fairly confident that they could have just, you know, they would have won. They would have been truly a dynasty instead of a one and done. Um, but I just, you know, again, you know, I like that kind of stuff. I thought it was really interesting. Um, I, it was funny because when Mongo came on the screen, I'm like, why do I remember this person? I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> well, because, you know, again, 80, when 85, I was five years old, but I mean, you know, they had, it had been such a big deal, I guess, throughout the eighties that, you know, eighties, nineties that I would know these people. So, um, so yeah, it was it was the I think it was uh, an hour and four three minutes was the documentary and so yeah I didn't go to bed until four thirty this morning because at first I was like I'm gonna watch half of it and I'm like I don't know why I tell myself that because I never watch half of anything and pick it up later you know it's no. like no I got to start finish and um but I I enjoy sports documentaries. So um, when Kay comes home this weekend, we're going to be watching the latest episode of 30 for 30, which is on Bruce Lee. So that's going to be awesome. Because normally Kay doesn't care. Like, he does not like sports documentaries at all. And, I mean, that's my jam. If you, if I have nothing else to do and I could just pick something to do, I would just be chilling and watching a sports documentary. But he really wants to see this one on Bruce Lee. So we're going to be watching it this weekend. Cool. Well, we finished um, Parks and Recreation this week. Uh, and? Uh, yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful series. Um, did it end well, or? No, it had a great ending. Okay. Great ending. Um, they did some interesting things. Um, the, the last episode of season six, mm-hmm. the main story kind of seems to, to stop. It goes to commercial break. It comes back. It's just three years later. And, okay. you know, and then there's like one scene that ends season six. And it's like, whoa, okay. So they like, because Leslie had gotten pregnant. So it's like, you know, they, they all of a sudden they're like three-year-old kids running around. Mm-hmm. And, um, then when you start season seven, it's still three years later. And it stays that way the whole season until the last episode, which basically shows you what happens with all the main character for the rest of I have mixed, I always have mixed feelings when they do stuff like that, whether it be in what, television series or whatever when they do that jump you know like even with harry potter and they did the jump and it's like no i don't believe that jump um <laughs> yeah but, um there were happy endings for almost all the characters and mm-hmm. um you know you were asking i think at one point um when did um oh, what's his name star lord um chris pratt yeah when did chris pratt start getting hot mm-hmm um well hotter because again i you know he was hot before it's most it happens at some point during season seven oh okay okay he gets a job as johnny karate doing this uh, like children's tv show (laughs) and you don't notice too much until like the the next last episode there's one point where he's in the karate outfit 
And you suddenly, and I suddenly realized it was like, whoa, he's a lot less pudgy than he has been the rest of the season series. Um, so I think that, you know, he was already starting to move in that direction. Well, cause, well, yeah. Cause I'm what, what year did the last series season, um, run? 18, I think. Had to have been sooner than that. Um, let's see. Season seven actually ended 2015. Okay. And so I understand why and I remember this. So the reason why he was bulking up there is because he was bulking up for Guardians because the first film came out in 2015. Okay. All right. So, so yeah, I mean, obviously they would have to write it into the storyline because, I mean, his character, I would assume, wouldn't naturally <laughs> start to blossom in that way. Oh, but, they never mentioned it on the show. Right. I mean, and they obviously weren't going to, but, you know, they had to write some sort of storyline that would, I, I assume, right. explain. <laughs> um, but, hmm, it, so, it I mean, you're... The very last episode, they even brought back, um, you know, Rob Lowe, who mm-hmm. was off the show for like two years at that point. So it was great. So you're so it's it's still one that I should definitely keep on my list to potentially watch. Yes. yes. Um, you know, if you're a completist, you you can just have a couple of drinks and make it through the first season. Yeah. <laughs> but season two, you know, about three, four episodes into season two, you're like, okay, this is a much better. And um when you get into like seasons, I'd say it's peak is like seasons three through five. Okay. Um Season six and seven are still good, but I think they it was obvious that it was it was no longer the same show. Right. And I mean I think every show reaches kind yeah. of that that point. Because even with the good the good place, remember, we've talked about that, where you yeah. felt like, oh, okay, these, you know, the first season or first two seasons were great and but um okay. Well I will definitely yeah, keep it on the list. last couple of seasons, it's like most of the cast is not actually working for Parks and Rec anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still a few people there, but most of them all have their own things going on. And it's just this huge ensemble show that really is more about people who live in Pawnee, Indiana, than it is Parks and Rec. Oh, okay. Interesting that they would go about it that way. But uh, it, it's good. And then they do this other thing in the season six and seven where they start having like celebrity guest stars. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always like annoying. Because <laughs> just because it's what gimmicky, I guess. It is, and it's like okay, I can get that you know one you meet you know one celebrity, all right. But then when you oh then you've met this person and this person and this person, and then there's an episode where all four of these celebrities are, and it's like oh come on. Wow, considering that, so where is this fictional place, or is it a real place in terms of the location? The oh, state I have no idea the... if it's a real place or not. It's in Indiana. It's okay, well, so yeah, exactly. How many times are you gonna see? um celebrities in indiana well in in the last episode this is minors i'm not going to tell you who he plays or anything okay you can tell by the end the show was popular enough that people wanted to be in it involved Mm -hmm. like in the last episode um bill murray is in it which is funny because he was the 85 the the documentary i watched last night he was one of the people that were they talked about yeah he's heavily in it so (laughs) And, um, you know, my mom loves um, this guy. I don't know why I can't think of anybody's name. <laughs> what was he in? He was in, um, he's been in tons of stuff, uh, but he was in uh, Roadhouse with um, Patrick Swayze. Um, he was oh, in, okay. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he's had white hair for like ever. Um, he always plays like, you know, Western guys. Hang uh, on, I'm looking right now. Oh, I, I'm seeing him. I'm Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Yeah, yeah. Shows up and in one season, and he keeps coming back. It's just like a, a recurring character. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it is so funny because Ron Swanson is one of the funniest characters on the show. And at one point they merge with this other city. And so everybody has to meet their, their other person, the person who does their job in what was this other city. And they have to decide, you know, who's going to stick around and who's not. So Ron meets Ron. And so his <laughs> person is, you know, uh, what's his name? Shepard. Is that what his name is? Um, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. <laughs> yes, Sam Elliott. And at first you think they're going to be just alike because they're both, you know, kind of beard, you know, mustachioed guys who are kind mm-hmm. of deep voice. Then you realize they are nothing. <laughs> hate each other. Because uh, it's so funny. Um, well, I like about the, you know, like Ron Swanson, I know it's a fictional character, but the guy who plays him, um, Nick Offerman, is hilarious anyway. And I always think it's interesting when people that are in that genre of things are married to people who are also just as famous. Mm-hmm. So, you know, of course, in his case, he's married to Megan Mullally and she was in Will and Grace. And so I just always, I always like those types of connections. I think those are kind of Never watch them. Uh, you are insane, but okay. So I started watching, uh, a couple of friends of mine recommended uh, Black Lightning. Mm-hmm. I watched the first two episodes. I loved them. They were really good. Um, I Yeah, don't... they shot the, um, I think the first episode was done down here in Atlanta. There was, my, my brother was, um, they almost, that would have been the show he would have been on had it not been a matter of timing and them ending up doing um, Dynasty, but whatever but yeah because they moved the show to new york ultimately if i'm not mistaken um i thought it was filmed in vancouver now like most of the cw shows did they um because i thought it went to new york at one point but i mean that could be the case i know i went north so sure yeah. <laughs> it's been really good so it's all it's been already on for three seasons so. yeah i thought about watching it and i was just i don't know i have to again i have to be in a uh, a mood and i haven't been really in a super um superhero type of mood for a while so the only thing i can say about the first two episodes one is at the end of the second episode they kill this guy who i was like i thought was the best actor on the show um, <laughs> the two episodes i was like god this guy is so good and then they kill him at the end of the second episode and i'm like hmm i don't know if that was the wisest thing to do but um but it's been good and the other thing is there's been like it's it is a it is not a sexy show except in both of the two episodes so far, there's been like um, an opportunity for one of Black Lightning's daughters, who is a lesbian, um, to be like rolling around mostly naked with this other girl. Mm-hmm. Um, on the one hand, I applaud the diversity. Um, on the other hand, it feels kind of like I always think these shows, it would be much braver to me to have had Black Lightning have a son who's having gay love scene, right? Mm-hmm. when you have like the two girls rolling around it still feels a little like pandering to it's like oh yeah look we're lgbq but, but we're doing it with two hot and sexy women <laughs> you know so nobody's threatened if you know what i mean mm-hmm. you know? um because i mean the sex i mean the, the little scenes with them i was like all right i sit up a little bit more on the couch you know <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but it's just like i don't know yeah it just feels a little pandering um, i get it i get it T'Challa and I have started watching Stargirl. But didn't, didn't you already watch that? No, you're thinking of the Disney Plus movie. That yeah, because that was when I saw it on the list. I was like, you know, I actually thought for a second about watching it um, the other night and then watch something else. But This is the superhero Stargirl from the DC Comics. Oh, um, okay. This, this series is They're awesome. They're not the same. They're different. <laughs> yeah. um, and even T'Challa's really into it, aren't you, T'Challa? <laughs> I like it, but I mean. I'm huge into it. 
Um, I think it's really cool. Of course, I'm a big Justice Society fan. Mm-hmm. I'm a Justice Society fan, and this is very, very JSA heavy. Um, but um, not Owen Wilson, but his brother. Luke. Luke, Luke. Mm-hmm. Luke yeah, plays Stargirl's dad on the show. Oh, wow, that's so interesting. Yeah, and um, he plays, he also gets inside this giant robot because her sidekick, Stripe. And, um, and he's awesome on the show. And um, do you remember that movie years ago? It was um, not, not European trip or Euro trip or whatever, but it was road trip. Mm-hmm. Do you remember road trip? Mm-hmm. All right, do you remember the girl who takes off her clothes and has the, the sex video that they're all trying to get back? Right, yes. Yeah, I'm guessing you're what talking is- about Amy Smart. Yes, Amy Smart. Amy Smart plays Stargirl's mom. Wow. And uh, makes me feel very old. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, but the show is really good. Uh, If you like superhero shows, to me, it is one of the best. Oh, I might have to check that out. I see here um, it is. So the first episode aired May of this year. Uh, It currently has, huh? There's only been four episodes. Yeah, it has a 7.4 on IMDb and 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, 85% on Google. Um, and yeah, so, so far it's yeah, been the one season. So yeah, I, I'll have to check that out. Cause that's what, seems... what I love about it is Courtney is just a good person. She's a good girl. Um, she wants to help people. She wants to be a hero for all the right reasons. Um, you know, there's so many great Easter eggs in there for comic book fans. The, the special effects for a TV show are kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there was something that happened like uh, on one of the episodes we watched today and T'Challa turned to me and said, uh, said you know, that was not bad CGI. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that wasn't bad. You know, that's all right. Um, you could tell it's CGI, but it's all right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think uh, I'll be watching Black Lightning and Stargirl for a while. Huh. Okay. I'm look- <laughs> I'm like going down the rabbit hole of seeing who this person is who plays her. Yeah, we're both talking at the same time. Say Sorry. Um, bad CGI. Yeah. You could definitely, you could definitely see that it was. And what were you saying? Uh, no, I mean her la- her name, the person who plays the character, um, is Breck Basinger, but it, she doesn't appear to be oh. related to. Oh, she's not related to Kim. It doesn't look that way. But yeah, she's she's adorable in the outfit. She's great. Oh wow, her mother, her parents though, her siblings' name. So, <laughs> is one is Bryce, and the other one is Barrick. So I'm guessing they're into the bees in that family. <laughs> like army barracks? No, B-E-R-I-C. Yeah. That's yeah. I, that's just, oh, I don't, I don't even know. The things people All right, do. So we have to talk about this because I, uh, I was wondering what your impression would be. Yes. I, I'm glad you actually put it there because I was going to put it in my, my top piece. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to. I see Barry is already on it, so let's 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 do this. All right. Do you, do you want me to introduce the topic or? How yes. You... Go right ahead. All right. So HBO Max, which I still don't quite understand what it is, because I have HBO Go, mm-hmm. and this is apparently a different streaming service. Yeah, yeah, it's weird uh, because yeah, it's another one of because there's anyway yes, it's supposedly yeah. you get more content on it than you would with the regular. And I kind of want it, but it's like, I already have an HBO. Should I mm-hmm. keep the HBO I have? The HBO <laughs> I have it still is letting me watch all kinds of good stuff. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, HBO Max um, has pulled Gone with the Wind from its service, um, which has really set off a bunch of people, you know, who 
you know, Gone to Win right now is the number one selling DVD on Amazon. I guess people, because people are stupid, people are acting like they're never going to put it back on. Mm-hmm. All Max has done is pulled it off until it can be re-put on the service with some sort of disclaimer in front of it. Um, and I think that's fine. You know, I, I love Donald Duck. And several years ago, I bought this big tin set of Donald Duck cartoons from World War II. And at the very beginning of it, Leonard Maltin walks on screen and says that, you know, these cartoons were made in a different and that many of them have never been shown on television for a very long time because of how they portray um, African-Americans, because of how they portray, you know, the Japanese or Germans. Um, there's even one where, you know, Donald Duck pretends to join the, the Nazi and he's like marching all around in a Nazi outfit, um, going see Heil and stuff, right? Which, even though he's actually fighting the Nazis in it, you can certainly see why that would not be a look Disney would be real happy with. Right, right. right. And, and he says, you know, so he just says, basically, Leonard Maltin says, you know, it's made in a different era. We have to view it through the, the lens of history and appreciate it as the art that it is. And keep in mind that it would be very different were it made. To, and then it starts the cartoons. Mm-hmm. I think that that's all they're going to do, I think, on something like this. I read a lot of, like, old pulp stories, like The Shadow. Every volume has a single sentence. At the very beginning, it says these stories were written in the 1930s, depictions of various races and sexual whatevers um, were not the same as how we would. Yeah, something, yeah. So I I think that's what they're going to put in the front of it. I don't think it's like they're taking it off and they're never going to bring it back. Um, So what happened is that yesterday, Kay sends me, um, he sends me a message on Messenger. And so he sends me a clip from The View. And then he responds by saying to it, don't be mad. And I'm like, you know, what the hell is he talking about? So I look and I saw that Gone with the Wind, you know, what the title was about, you know, HBO pulling Gone with the Wind. And I was like, why would I be upset about it? Because I'm like, you know, and I I watched the piece um, from The View. And the thing is, and I was going to post on Facebook about it. And I was like, "Ah, I'm just, I don't have time for that. It, it, it still and I know it's odd for me to be a person of color. It is still my favorite book. It is still my favorite movie. Even with them pulling it, I wasn't upset about it. And of course, again, yes, they said they'd pull it, but you know, people don't stick around for the, the additional part. Um, and it's just like you said, I think that what's important is people don't lose sight of the context or um, for what it was when it was. You know, again, during the time that 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 book was written or even when the movie was made, not that it was okay, but it was more accepted to see these types of portrayals. And for me, the reason why I love the book and the movie is not even so much just about that. There's more to it as to why I love it. And I mean, yes, it is a controversial issue. They do a really poor job of um, the depiction of the the slaves. Um, they almost kind of, it's often um, said that they, you know, glorify the South in the movie, the, the South in terms of the white South, that kind of thing. Um, right. But again, it's, it it's almost like and i think i have it tagged later on like with the whole um the banning of Na- um confederate flags at the racetracks for nascar mm-hmm. um 
we can't pretend that the history didn't exist though that's what i'm saying it's like you know i can understand there being a disclaimer or there being um like i'm fine with it to be honest i'm completely okay with them pulling it for this moment because apparently people are stupid and need to have these conversations with their children or whatever to say okay you have to look at things in context you know right. like to me that's the part that's like it feels a little pandering like oh my god so you're gonna slap a, a label on everything are you gonna put parental advisory on everything at this point you know um yeah. you know because it's kind of like who's really responsible for parenting the child or teaching the child anyway um i know that's a slippery slope but um i i'm fine with them not having it at the moment i mean i certainly wasn't upset because i have the movie in every possible um <laughs> format vhs right. and dvd and you know so i'm like it's not like i was never gonna be able to see my favorite movie again but um i mean i'm i'm fine with it i i think it's yeah. funny that they would pick that movie considering you know for over the past several years it's it certainly started to fade away um in people's memory um because you know the movie was done in 1939 yeah. um but you know I I almost, I mean, I can, I guess that they were trying to go for certain kind of points. Yeah, yeah. I just wish that they just hadn't announced it at all. If they had just taken it off, I don't think anybody would have noticed. Um, or nobody would have talked about it that much anyway. Um, they should have just taken it off and then put it back up. With, right, yeah. Um, now, if they, if they are planning to, and this is not what they're saying, but if they were really planning to never show it again, I do think that's, but that's just like, you know, even um, Song of the South. Which oh, God. They never plan to show again. Um, it never, I, it never needs to be seen again. It was, oh God. Yeah, but I still think that you know it should be available to see. Just put. Yeah, I, and yeah, I agree with you. I'm saying it should never be seen again, just because of the depiction. I'm just like, oh my God, that's just too much. But yeah, I'm just like you know, there's a there's a thing going on in the comic industry right now. There's a guy named Will Eisner who I know you're probably not familiar with, but he was he invented the graphic novel. He did all kinds of these. Okay. One of, the legends and he did this series called the spirit for many years and i'm a huge fan of the spirit i i own them in hard covers and mm -hmm. i own them in multiple versions and he the the biggest awards in the comic industry are called the eisner Awards, right for will eisner but now there's this petition going around to have it na his name removed from and it's because the spirit had a sidekick named ebony white ebony was a little black kid right who was drawn with the big lips and the big eyes, and he talks in um, Negro dialect. Right. And now he's he's a smart kid. I mean, he saves the spirits behind many times, but there's no getting around. When you first look at him, you're like, woof. Right, right. <laughs> and um, now Eisner, for his time, was pretty, you know, pretty um, progressive. Right. I mean, the fact that he even had a black character as a sidekick. Right. And that he was... A, a heroic figure at times. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, Eisner, and when years went on, like in the 70s, in the 80s, before Eisner passed away, of course, everybody wanted to ask him about Ebony. He said, you know, this was in the 30s and the 40s. And he says, at that time, you know, people looked at using stereotypes for humor differently than they do now. Right. That back then, it was considered like almost shorthand. Mm -hmm. you know, oh, everybody, oh, well, yeah, okay, he's the scared black kid, right? And you don't have to know anything else, right? Um, but he said, you know, obviously he would do it differently if it were done today, but, you know, that's not what he did. 
And um, so a lot of people are wanting, you know, them to rename the awards. And I, I hate oh, it so much for comics. And I, I get that that depiction is offensive. There's no way around it. Right, right. But I still think you have to look at the, the era in which he... That and the sum totality of yes. what he did, not just... Because I saw something recently, I'm not equating it to the same, something like a person who was on the series The Flash, they, they fired yeah. because of, um, I guess, well, because of racist comments he had posted online um, several years ago. And I'm right. like, it just, it feels... And I mean, I'm glad we don't have a listen, you know, like listeners that are um, numbering in the thousands, but it feels a bit right now, like the Me Too movement, you know, where it's like they were just yeah. slashing at everything, you know, and I just, uh, I, it all just sits very uncomfortably with me just in terms of how ultra sensitive everyone is. And again, it might just be because of, I'm sure my view is based or certainly, um, it certainly has a lot to do where and when I grew up, as as everything does. It, you know, it's it's through the spectrum of the time. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's ridiculous when, with the Eisner Award, like you were saying, to say, well, no, we need to change the name of it. It's like again, if I'm judged solely by what you now seem as my one biggest character flaw or one mistake, does that mean that anything else I did doesn't matter? So. Um... You know, there was, there was a whole series that he did in the 1940s where um, Ebony had fallen in love with a, a little well-to-do uh, black girl. And, you know, and she shoots him down because, of course, she's like, you know, I would never go out with anybody who looks the way you do or the way you talk. And, you know, you talk like my grandpa who was a slave and all this kind of stuff. And, and you know, it, it, he decides he doesn't, he doesn't like how he looks and how he talks. Mm-hmm. And so he decides to, you know, go to an elocution class and try to talk proper. And he starts trying to, you know, dress different and all of this kind of thing. Um, in the end, you know, he learns that maybe, you know, he's, he's not as polished as some, but he's still, you know, viable person. And, um, and I, I think, you know, that, to me, that's a rather progressive story for the, the era, you know, um, we might not, I, I think the visual depiction, there's no getting around that, but mm-hmm. in terms of like the, the dialect he was using, um, I mean, I think there are, there are still people today who speak in some of that dialect. Right, right. And I think that, you know, allowances have to be made for the fact that these things happen during periods where, granted, that it wasn't necessarily right then. They were certainly more socially accepted or more of a social norm. And it's not to say that we should glorify it or say that, you know, they were right in doing what they were doing. But it's almost, you know, it's like you don't need to say or treat it as if it didn't exist. You know, you can't erase it from the history. Just don't glorify it. Yeah. You know, um, I and I, I go ahead. Idea for you to go back and add a disclaimer to all of our past episodes, saying that you know it was in a, a less enlightened time. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, it's funny. I do have. I think I, I still have the disclaimer about you know these don't reflect the ideas and blah 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 of the Twin Lakes Library System. And I mean, but that wasn't even something that was added at the beginning of the show. I don't think we did a little bit later as far as you know even making that statement on the um on the recordings. But um, I did want to end with um not to say that the Gone with the Wind um topic or the confederate flag 
with NASCAR is the same. I just feel like um, what is the same about it is that it's like they're flipping over everything right now. It's like they're just, people are getting so anxious and everything that is anything, it feels like they're picking at. And I don't know if it's because people are stir, have been stir crazy because of COVID. I mean, yes, I understand the catalyst was George Floyd, but it does feel like it, it's just a lot and it's very heavy. And I feel like they're trying to do so much that, I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't even. And so, about, um, Lady Antebellum today, you know, the country group. Yeah. What are they going to change their name? They announced they were changing their name because um, oh, they didn't want to be associated with, you know, glorifying slavery and that kind of stuff. They didn't think about that before they created the name of the They said that they have been made more aware. Oh my gosh. And that they didn't really understand at the time. So anyway, they're going to be just Lady A. I just, yeah. I, um, anyway, um, it's just, it's just a lot. Um, it, it is frustrating. Um, <laughs> I think I said this last week, it makes my brain hurt. And I have been very deliberate about staying away from a lot of the coverage. Um, but you know, I know we have to wrap things up now, but <sighs> I, I do wish that people would rather than, <sighs> I wish we'd just take a step back and breathe. Yeah. Um, cause there, again, there's nothing to, I mean, yes, I agree that things, I, I agree that things are wrong. There is something wrong with society. That's always going to be the case. However, we can't fix it overnight. You know, you can't go from, you know, having something exist to basically saying, well, because it was offensive, it no longer exists or we no longer acknowledge it. Um, with the Confederate flag, I know we talked about or you talked about it last week. Um, but as far as NASCAR's de- decision to to um, ban it, I'm fine with that because I understand the flag in a historical context as yep. to whether it needs to be used now. No, <laughs> I mean, you know, and in, in these particular cases, it is glorifying. The, the confederacy so yeah i'm cool go ahead ban it ban it that's fine you know i mean i was arguing with somebody about that yesterday and they said but it's it's history and i said that's fine leave it in the history books put it in museums right all those things this doesn't mean that it needs to be flown right now right exactly yeah and i mean i think it's it that's just it though is that the things that are offensive if you want to do something about it put it in the box of a museum in a sense you know what i mean like it yeah. still exists you can look back and reflect on it, but it doesn't have to be a part of, you know, the way we live our lives now. You know, it's something that we should be learning from, not reliving. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, I know we'd hope to get into some other topics this week, but um, we always have next week. And I'm certainly looking forward to it now. So um, I guess if there's nothing else, yeah. I, we're, we're out until next week. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's it. Do you want to say anything before we uh, went out to Chala? <laughs> he was relatively quiet for much of the episode, but he had some really great points. So, <laughs> yeah, we know not to talk about Minecraft ever again. So, <laughs> but yeah, he believes in quality over. Yes, yes, that is true. All right, motherfuckers, talk to you next week.